Hey guys. Welcome back to my show, Into the Light, a different life story with me, your host, Stefan Neff. It is a cool day for a new uh, interview. I am dead delighted to have uh, Debbie Silver with me. And Debbie Silver is the CEO and founder of the PBT Institute. PBT, you ask? Well, post-betrayal transformation. And when I read that, I thought, her, I need to have her on my show. Because there was a time in my life when I was seething with resentment. I mean, resentment was, was the thing that defined me. Look what you have done to me. Arr, I will show you. I will drink now two bottles of vodka. Ha <laughs> that will show you. Yeah, didn't end up well for me. So the, the resentment and the anger, mm, I talked about it in many other shows. But the betrayal, uh, yeah, the people are doing not so nice things. And how do you deal with that? And what does it mean? And how can you translate it? And how can you, can you take it and let it become a catalyst rather than something that defines you and tears you apart? And that's exactly what we're going to talk today about. So, Debbie, thank you so much for coming onto my show. Thank you so much. Looking forward to our conversation. Oh, hell yes. Um, is I could talk hours on that topic uh, from a from a victim point of view, and it's interesting just the sheer fact that immediately I want to tells me maybe that I need to do a little bit more work on myself. <laughs> Obviously, there's still some some <laughs> some bits sitting there. Oh, hang on, I, I have more to say. I have more to say. <laughs> Shut up, Stefan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To talk to Debbie and to try to figure out what was her story, but. In order to be to transform yourself, you need to be in the darkness yourself. In order to to see the light, you need to wallow in misery. And obviously, the, the very first question comes to in my mind. Well, I know how bad my story was. What what happened to you? You know, I don't think anybody wakes up one day and says, you know what, I think I want to study betrayal. It just doesn't work like that. So this is my 30th year in business. And, and I started in health mindset, personal development forever. And then I had a horrible family betrayal. I thought I thought I had done the work to heal. A couple of years later, it was my husband. So like anybody who's been through it, I was blindsided, devastated, heartbroken, got him out of the house. And here I was with four kids and six dogs and a thriving business. And I, I took a look at, at what was common to those two experiences. And I realized it was always about everyone else, never about me. So I said, okay, well, something's got to change and that's going to be me. So I, uh, I was desperate to understand how the mind works, why we do what we do and how I can heal. So I enrolled in a PhD program in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential, because I was healing. I didn't quite understand it, but I wanted to know more. While I was there, I did a study. I studied betrayal, what holds us back, what helps us heal, and what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive. That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my business, my lifestyle, my life. Wow. Okay. You are definitely a woman who uh, is able to harness the demons that are deep inside of her and turn that around. Mm -hmm. But initially, that wouldn't have been the case. You very quickly in a side sentence said, yeah, yeah, oh, I felt horrible. But you had far more eloquent words for it. How, 
how long did that period last yeah, where you actually I, went through the darkness? Yeah, it was the darkest period of my life, bar, bar, bar none. You know, and I had been through death of a loved one. I had been through disease. I was in the ICU for 11 days. That was one of the first discoveries. I had been through those things, but betrayal felt very different for me. Originally, I was studying something called post-traumatic growth, betrayal and post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth is like the upside of trauma, how any trauma, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, whatever it is, can leave you with a new awareness, perspective, insight that you didn't have. Life is short appreciate the little things. But I was like, mm -mm, no, betrayal is different. But I didn't want to assume. And I asked all my study participants and I said, if you've been through other traumas, is betrayal different for you? Unanimously, they said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And here's why. It's a complete and total attack to the self. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the whole self has to be rebuilt. Abandonment, rejection, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust. When you rebuild all of that, you are a new person. So it needed its own name. The healing, that complete and total healing is post-betrayal transformation. To answer your question though, uh, oh, I had a dark night of the soul for sure. And this was by far the hardest thing I had ever done. But I, I just knew if I can find a way to heal from this, I'm taking everybody with me. And I think it was the desire to heal that was so strong that I would not allow myself to be distracted. I mean, I threw myself into this at the PhD level. And, and I think um, that was definitely what, what helped. We also, part of the study, I also learned that there were three groups who did not heal. And the first group was the group where, because originally I thought, well, you know, the people who struggled the most would grow the least because they had the most to overcome. I was dead wrong. That had nothing to do with it at all. But there were three groups who did not heal. The first was the group where they refused to accept their betrayal. They were hanging on to their story for dear life. They were not gonna let it go. The second group, was the group that was numbing, avoiding, distracting. They were using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, reckless behavior, keeping busy to numb, avoid, distract themselves from something painful to feel or face. The third group, this was really interesting. This was the group where the betrayer had very little consequences. So whether it was because of fear of breaking up a family, uh, religious reasons, that was a big one, uh, financial fear, Uh, just fear, period. They did their best to overlook, put it behind them. And I'll tell you, I only saw two things in this group. The first was a further deterioration of the relationship. And the second was by far, this group was the most physically sick. Your heart can't take that. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And you can get combinations of these groups. I'm thinking about a battered woman, um, the domestic violence, where you have got a number of these things actually fitting together and, and working together as, a, as the perfect Swiss cheese model for some, some women and men alike. Please, this is not gender specific here. No. And it, this is quite brutal. So it's beautiful that you highlighted those things. Transformation. 
is is like trauma. It it comes in layers, and just as much as you need to address your trauma, you need to address your 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 underlying the things that really occurred, uh, layer by layer, and and deal with things. That same thing happens with transformation. And the reason that I asked earlier the question is how long did it take you? This it is it is normal after such a betrayal to be down, out, etc. This is. This is utterly normal. This is normal to be kicked in the balls because literally you were or into the ovaries or how whatever your your mind mm -hmm. picture is. Mm -hmm. It is normal to be down. What when doesn't the normal response of feeling down and out become pathological when you do not move on? Have you felt or have you figured a time frame? Yeah, um, the, the biggest needle mover when it comes to healing has nothing to do with time. It has to do with willingness. Mm -hmm. The more willing you are, you'll move faster. The less resistant you are. And, you know, it just reminds me when you, when you mentioned tra uh, transformation. Here's a, here's a visual. And, and I did two TEDx talks. I talk about this in the second one. Do you have post-betrayal syndrome? I, I use this analogy of a house. Here's the difference between resilience and transformation. Resilience is restoring, bringing back. You need that for your everyday. So in this analogy of a house, let's say the house needs a new boiler. You get a boiler, that would be resilience. Let's say it needs a new paint job and you paint, that would be resilience. You're restoring it, you're bringing it back. Transformation, trauma and transformation is a whole different thing. Using the analogy of a house, it's like this. A tornado comes by and levels the house. Paint job's not going to fix it. A mm. boiler's not going to fix it. Mm. Nothing's going to fix it. Now, you have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and say, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. This is the most awful, terrible, tragic thing that's ever happened. And you'd be right. And you can call over everybody you know and say, look at this. Isn't this the worst thing you've ever seen? And they'd all agree. Mm. You have every right to mourn and grieve the loss of your house until your last breath. However, should you choose to rebuild your house? You don't have to, but should you choose to rebuild your house? Why would you build the same house? There's nothing there, <laughs> right? Why not give it everything the old house didn't have? That's, that's transformation. That's the setup, like for example, and we teach this within the PBT Institute, how to know if it's safe and in your best interest to just heal and move on. Yeah. And that's what I did with my family. Or how to know if it's safe and in your best interest to potentially rebuild something entirely new huh. with the person who hurt you. That's what I did with my husband. So not long ago, we married each other again. Creating a new house huh. entirely. And I never would have done that if I wasn't completely transformed and neither was he. Huh. Very nice, very nice, very nice. What I loved to hear there was that you were addressing things within yourself. Often enough, there is the tendency to say, look, you, you, you had this affair. You did that. You, you. And it's constantly the other person. And when you then say, well, you know, it takes two to tango. You know, did you contribute to that? Oh, no. How dare you say that? And I mean, well, I, I, yeah, I would share. I, I take no blame, but, but you know, it, it, it does give you an opportunity to look and say, 
what, what, what was I, where was I in all of this? Mm. And what I did realize I didn't have boundaries in place. I didn't take my own needs seriously. I didn't, I didn't put myself on my own to-do list. The beauty of the complete and utter destruction of the old is that it allows for the rebirth of the new. And the challenge I see with so many people is they're so desperately trying to hang on to the old. So they'd never rebirth the new, you know, with you, you're essentially when you truly heal from betrayal, you're creating a new identity. You keep the parts you like, but you let go of everything that no longer serves. You have just described the transformation in, in recovery from a drug addiction. And in all fairness, you have described me and to, to, uh, to a point. And I guess that's where you could say that, Addiction, yes, that's the outward phase of trauma and uh, the way we behave and then in consequence uh, behave stupidly. But ultimately, it's the, the dealing with the trauma, dealing with what has occurred to you and mm -hmm. dealing with and taking ownership, uh, being very clear about your own role in those things that had occurred. Uh, that then led you to drink. Uh, that's the powerful thing. And... And you say that I like the, the tornado, the tornado. I like the picture of an empty canvas that you can start a new painting on. That's exactly mm -hmm. how I felt coming out of rehab. I had given myself to my patients, to my, to everyone else, but myself. I had never put my needs to the forefront. Mm -hmm. However bizarre that sounds for someone as selfish as an addict, um, but that, that's a selfish behavior. I, I did not look after myself as a man, as mm -hmm. a person, as a human being. And what you described, 100% fits with me. And it just shows the parallels and the, the importance that we talk about, but your post-betrayal transformation. And, and show that uh, similar things happen in many other scenarios and that we all can learn from each other. And that this is not a pissing contest, but is ultimately uh, everyone can at any one time make a decision to turn their life around, to relook at things and then take action. And that's exactly what you did. Mm. And, and, you know, to, to your point, too, one of the most exciting discoveries was that while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many of us do, if we're going to fully heal, we're going to move through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is now we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So addiction actually tends to happen at a certain stage. The most common stage we get stuck. I'm happy to go through the five stages. If please, like. please. You yeah. took two words out of my mouth. <laughs> okay. And I go through them in, in Trust Again, uh, my book, Trust Again. I go through them fully, but here's briefly, I'll share them. So the first was like a, a, a stage one is like a setup stage. I saw this with every single study participant, me too. If you imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everyone was this real heavy lean on the physical and the mental. Mm -hmm. 
and kind of neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. So what does that look like? It looks like we're really good at thinking and doing and not prioritizing the feeling and being. Oh, yeah. But it's in the feeling and being. That's where intuition lies. That's what really would serve us if we strengthen that. Anyway, it's not to say if you're just thinking and doing and very busy, it's a recipe for betrayal, but it's just what I saw. Stage two. The, and, but think about it. If there's a table with only two legs, easy for that table to topple over. That's what happens. Stage two. This is by far the scariest stage. Shock. D-Day. Discovery day. This is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. Here's like where that person takes a mask off and says, oh, this is who I've been this whole time. You've ignited this. So there's a breakdown of the body. You've ignited the stress response. Now you're headed for every single stress related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around what you just discovered. Makes no sense. Weird time warp thing happening now. And there's a breakdown of the worldview. Your worldview is your mental model. These are the rules. This is how life works. This is safe. Don't go there. You could trust this person. And in a moment, all of the rules are completely shattered. You probably remember exactly where you were, right? Mm. Completely shattered. And here's the thing. It's the bottom has bottomed out on you. If you were walking down the street and the bottom were to bottom out on you, though, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything and everything you could to stay safe and stay alive. <laughs> That's stage three. Survival, right? Uh, Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical of all of the stages. Right. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How will I survive this experience? Who can I trust? Where do I go? How do I feed my kids? Here's the trap, though. Because survival feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from. You're like, whew, okay, I got this. And you think it's good. You have no idea there's a stage four and stage five. Transformation doesn't even happen until stage four and stage five. So because you think this is it, you start planting roots here and a few things start happening. The first thing is you start getting all those small self benefits from being here. You get your story, you get to be right, just like what you said before, you get someone to blame, you get a target for your anger. You don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Do I trust you? Do I just forget I'm not trusting anybody. You get sympathy from everybody you tell your story to. Now you're planting some roots here. Because you're planting roots here, and you're not meant to stay here long, but you don't know that. Now your mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you're not all that. Maybe you deserved it. Right now, your mind starts doing some things to you. You're playing some deeper roots because like energy attracts like energy. Now you're calling situations and circumstances and people towards you to confirm this is where you belong. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Ready? Because it stinks. You don't like it. You have no idea there's anything better out there for you. Here's where you resign yourself to thinking. I don't know if it's gonna get any better, so I better find a way to make this work. So here's where you start using food, drugs, <laughs> alcohol, you see, work, TV, keep me busy. Now, you do this for a day, a week, a month now to have it, five years, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years out and say, that drinking, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? They'd say, are you crazy? That happened 20 years ago. Doesn't matter. They put themselves in a perpetual holding pattern that whole time. That's stage three. Does that make sense? Hell yes. Yeah. 
So if you're willing to let go of those benefits and all the things you get with a few things you need to do, you can move to stage four. Stage four, this is where transformation begins. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo my betrayal, but I can control what I do with it. And I always use the example of if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, your stuff's not there. It's not quite cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. When you feel that, you're turning down the stress response. You're not physically healing just yet, but you've stopped creating the massive damage you were causing in stage two and stage three. Now, here's what's interesting also. If you were to move, you don't necessarily take everything with you, right? You don't take the things that don't represent who you want to be in your new space. And what was so interesting was if your friends weren't there for you, here's where you've outgrown them. You don't take them with you. And people say to me all the time, Dr. Debbie, I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. What the heck is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. You've just outgrown them. Anyway, when you're in this space, you're making it cozy. You're making it home. You're making it all right you enter stage five. Stage five is the most beautiful stage, healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. You were surviving. Now you do. Your mind, you're making new rules, new boundaries based on everything you've learned. And you have a new worldview based on your whole experience. And the four legs of the table, remember in the beginning, it was all about the physical, physical and, the, and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Just like that. Bing, five stages. Yeah. <laughs> what you have described is exactly my transformation. You have mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And it is so beautiful because as you say, it is a very winding path and you don't see what is ahead of you and you don't, don't recognize where you are at on this path. Mm -hmm. And in, in all fairness, some stretches of this path, they can be a little bit longer than others. So I think the, the stage four where you really start kind of rebuilding and taking ownership and, and actually taking the actions that's that's a powerful powerful thing but i i can imagine that this takes quite a bit of time it certainly did with me and as i said earlier on hang on the sheer fact that i can still uh, get hot about certain things from the distant past means mm -hmm. well have i really done all the the work probably not and i'm i'm what now seven years seven years clean seven years on my transformational journey um you would have thought that i got somewhere by now um but i guess this journey never stops that's the cool thing and it is just uh, new traumas come come in that's what life does to you and there is constantly new challenges and i guess that is the, the beautiful the beautiful beautiful thing now that I see those challenges happening and I see those challenges that would in the past completely derailed me mm -hmm. and put in a very toxic kind of way of thinking because even if I was to be blamed for some of these changes my mind would find little because of this because of that and suddenly I'm no longer to be blamed Suddenly, I've got a nice web of executions of that led to that, to that, that. And because of that, see, I'm the victim here. Mm -hmm. And all this kind of mm -hmm. bullshit. Um, nowadays, I take ownership 
of whatever occurs and I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. And there is a mm-hmm. there's a beautiful book, Extreme Ownership by Jocko uh, Willink. And he basically says in a military uh, setting that if you're someone below you in, in rank has fucked up, then it probably was because you either didn't explain exactly what you needed him to do or you didn't give him the tools uh, mm-hmm. to do what he needed to do. And if someone above you is, is, is fucking up, then, you know, did you give him the best information with which to make informations, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, or mm-hmm. decisions? So I like that. I like that to take ownership of your role in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's something I didn't do for a very, very, very long time. Uh, yeah. It was so and much easier to blame others. Sure. And I'll tell you, it happens with with the person who did the shattering of trust. You know, we see where is the potential here to, to potentially rebuild, whether it's a friendship, something more, it doesn't matter, or not. And so much of it has to do with that taking responsibility. You know, I teach something, it's called the window of willingness. I'm happy to share that too. This is, this is where you're the most likely to the least likely to heal and rebuild with someone. Ready? Imagine a window and it is the widest open it can be. This is where you are the most likely to heal and rebuild with someone, a friendship, a partnership, whatever it was, a friend, a coworker, a partner, whatever. It's where level one is there is complete and total ownership. There's apology, remorse, restitution. And it sounds like this. I am so sorry for what I did. I can't imagine the hurt I caused you. What can I do to make it up to you? Now, of course, with betrayal, it's going to take a lot more than that. But you're off to a good start. You could feel the window closing a bit with this next one. You still may be you know, willing to work with this. Doesn't feel nearly as good. You know it's coming when you hear the word because. This is about excuses. I did it because I said it because you still may be hearing it and be willing to hear it. Doesn't feel nearly as good as when the window was widest open with that level one. You could feel the window closing so much more with this next one. You know it's coming when you hear the word you. This is all about blame. I call this the two-sided slap. Well, I did it because you, I said it because you, now here you are, you got betrayed, trust got shattered, and now you're somehow getting blamed for it. Don't believe this for a minute. This is crazy making. This is narcissism, gaslighting 101. Level three is usually close cousins with level four, which is zero responsibility, no ownership, and just and and it could sound like you know I don't even know what you're talking about. You're making this all up. You're crazy. When you're dealing with a level three, level four, you have nothing to work with at this point in their journey. They're unwilling or incapable, right? When you're dealing with a solid one or even a two, then it's up to you. Hmm. <laughs> I love it. I would uh, substitute or give an, an alternative to the you, and that is the but. Um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm really sorry, but mm. which automatically means no, actually, no, you're not sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, and it's so amazing, but guys, that's what our brain does, isn't it? It wants reward. It wants happiness. It doesn't want pain. And even though the temporary pain of actually admitting that you were an ass um, and that you have a lot to be sorry about that that pain will lead to so much 
beauty down the line, but the, the, the current you and the future you, they don't link up at that moment. The, well, they the, don't link up because there's so much shame. How do you mm-hmm. heal shame? You bring light to it. You bring honor to it. When you keep it in the dark, mm-hmm. yeah, it's one of the most destructive, physically destructive emotions we have. And Absolutely. you're not helping anybody if you're walking around in shame. Absolutely. Including Absolutely. yourself. 100% agreed. And that's where I, I nowadays find it so important to keep those evil twins of guilt and shame very, very uh, locked up. Now, sometimes they they come out to play. And yeah, I had yesterday, I had a, uh, an, a not so nice outcome. I was informed that, that a patient felt quite sick after an operation. And she squarely blamed my anesthetic for it. No other reason could possibly be anything else. And I immediately went into, where's my whip? I need to whip myself right now. It is just, Mm -hmm. you know, how dare I? I'm not 100%. And it was quite a a bizarre where this shame and guilt came from. Powerful, powerful emotions where I say, well, actually, that is even if I give three, four drugs against being sick, there will still be one person somewhere out there I can throw the kitchen sink at. That's what I tell them all. Yet mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. the physical response that I experienced at that moment, those, those dark emotions that came out were mm-hmm. just, whoa, where do you come from? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I've got the insight to deal with that, not with, to deal with the fact that she is not happy, um, mm-hmm. but I deal with the way I'm responding or want to respond in a negative way, mm-hmm. this kind of... Mm-hmm whipping myself to death and yeah. no 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 but it is all these insights they only come because i've done i've started doing some very very strong work there and and that's debbie that's that's what you do you're basically mm-hmm. holding the mirror in front of people's faces and show them hey this is this is what is happening right now with you yeah. And it's even, you know, there, there's there's so much that is left in the wake of a betrayal. It's so much so that was the third discovery that there's actually this collection of symptoms, physical, mental and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post betrayal syndrome. We've had over 19000 people in the last year and a half or two years take the post betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. I even pulled some stats. I'm happy to read some. Please. If, if, Please. Yeah. Because it, it, when you, there are so many, so many symptoms that people attribute to, oh, well, it's aging. Oh, it's just stress. No, it's not. It's your unhealed betrayal. So the, these are just some symptoms. And this is out of 19,000 people. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. That's exhausting. 94% deal with triggers. And you've been mentioning that. So uh, these are the most common physical symptoms, ready? 71% have low energy, 68% have sleep issues, 63% extreme fatigue. They can go to sleep, sleep all night, wake up, they're exhausted. Uh, 47% have weight changes, 
in the very beginning, it could be weight loss. Then they use food to soothe, so it's weight gain. And 45% have digestive issues. Anything from Crohn's, IBS, uh, constipation, diarrhea, you name it. And what's interesting is think about what the gut does. It absorbs, digests, and processes food. Well, isn't a betrayal difficult to absorb, digest, and process, right? <laughs> so these are some of the mental, the mental changes. 78% are overwhelmed, 70% walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% unable to focus, 64% in shock, and 62% unable to concentrate. So imagine here you are, you can't concentrate, you have a gut issue, you're exhausted, and you're trying to do your work throughout the day. That's not even the emotional issues. 88% extreme sadness, 83% anger, 82% feel hurt, 80% have anxiety, 79% are stressed. Here's why I wrote trust again, 84% have an inability to trust. 67% mm. prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. <laughs> it's all making sense now, huh? <laughs> Hell yes. Hell yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, and again, you, uh, I like, I like it a lot that you actually a outlined all these stages and all these facts. They, of course, sound very, very similar to post-traumatic stress disorder. And mm -hmm. I guess to a certain degree they are. What well, post-traumatic stress, yeah. Sorry, let, sorry let me lead to, yeah. to one thing. Sure. What I love that about the terminology that you use, etc. cetera, uh, post-traumatic stress is often sort of thought of oh you, you need to see your friend incinerated screaming in pain next to you there needs to be at least gut hanging out before you even can have ptsd mm -hmm. and it's that that misconception where people often get hung up and say no 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 because i i didn't see my best friend being skinned alive therefore i can't have ptsd therefore it's all my fault and, and you get mm -hmm. bizarre <laughs> going on mm -hmm. when in reality the betrayal the whatever had occurred to you in your life is exactly doing the same thing is exactly doing that so by by actually reframing it i think you're opening the door to so many more people to actually accepting that what has occurred to them was certainly not nice and then what occurred thereafter in their brain is not something to be ashamed about, but it's a logical stepwise evolution of a, a stepwise sequence of things mm -hmm. that will happen, like it or lump it. And I think, mm -hmm. therefore, I love it so much, uh, the, the PBT, that, that thought concept is a very powerful one in my mind. So well done. Thank you. Yeah, PTSD is very common as it uh, very common with betrayal, you know, and to your point, we, you know, we think it's only reserved for, let's say, someone, a war vet, and they hear the car backfire, and they're reminded of their time in war, very common to betrayal. Uh, the mind gets hijacked. The minute we're triggered, it's as if we're rediscovering D-Day all over again. So um, PTSD is, uh, is common to betrayal. Uh, but Post-betrayal syndrome, the difference is because people say, what's the difference between PTSD and post-betrayal syndrome? PTSD is, you know, are those experiences where 
the, cognitively, your mind knows it's not happening, but tell that to your body. Your body feels it's right back there. Mm. Post-betrayal syndrome are those physical, mental, and emotional symptoms that are common to betrayal. So it's very likely that someone has many symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome and they're struggling with symptoms of PTSD as mm. well. Mm. And that's set up in their, their uh, you know, the hypervigilance common mm -hmm. to both and uh, yes. revisiting thinking again and again and again the ruminating the the waking up four o'clock in the morning uh because you you re-experience it there and then so that is uh, very mm -hmm. similar that is very similar to ptsd what i'm saying is it's by actually accepting that there is a number of of <sighs> that there's so much trauma out there and by accepting that you might actually have been the victim to such a trauma, first of all, to, to recognizing that something actually has occurred to you and that, yes, you actually have been traumatized, you have been betrayed, and it's, it's okay to say so, to, to throw out the denial to start off with. That is a very, very powerful situation to be and I'm thinking, I mean, you must you must see that again and again in people who who have been suffering from a very long time, who somehow get attracted to your message, but who will say, no, no, I'm sorry, no, there is nothing, no trauma. I've been living a really nice life. Yeah, yeah. The denial yeah. stage. How often is that there? Well, it's, it's there as they're, they're in that stage three and it doesn't matter if it happened 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, if they have not done the work to move past it, they will remain in that stage three. That may be, you know, they're content, they're, you know, they're getting through their day, but they're, they haven't undergone the transformation. So if that's good, if that's good enough for them, I, I mean, that's, I don't know what to tell you. That's, that's not what I'm going for. I'm going all the way out the other side of stage five, you know, but they don't know that. So that's okay. But what, but to your point too, you were mentioning about just, uh, you know, speaking to people and that sort of thing, the wrong support, support is crucial with something like this, but the wrong support does more harm than good. And I have seen this people come into the PBT Institute with therapy trauma, for example, or, uh, you know, or just, you know, think about it, your friends like, oh, come on, get over it already. They have no idea. Now, here's the thing, you can heal from all of it. And I mean, we, we prove it every day within the Institute. However, you really need to be very careful who you're sharing this with. Because transformation is a very personal process, uh -huh. and the wrong people—if you, you know—if you're—if you're speaking to the wrong people about it, if they don't understand, they don't get it, they don't understand how deeply painful it is, uh, and to what extent it's—it's it's hurting you, does more harm than good. And haven't we all met such people? And they Absolutely. mean well because in their belief system. Uh, you have to be hard. You don't show. You don't show your emotions, etc. That's that is their journey, and their journey. They may very well be from an older generation, um, and their coping mechanisms, their way they have dealt with trauma, um, was sort of working for them. And now they. Well, 
Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, I actually feel worse for the men who've been betrayed because, the, and we have men in our community so much so that we have a men's club. So they're not b- bombarded by all the women, but the men are trained to just keep it to themselves, stiff upper lip, get over it. And it's not that they're not experiencing betrayal. I know because I see it firsthand in the men who come into the community, but they're, they don't have that luxury of uh, th- that they that they know of of just talking about it. Wish women it's more acceptable. So uh, it's a different experience for the men. Absolutely, and being one, there is this temptation to be the fixer, to be the 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 man who goes out and and tries to do something. I'm the doer. Mm-hmm. I'm the fixer, and and I I'm acutely aware of that. Nowadays, my wife the very first thing she says look you don't need to fix that but you just need to listen now and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so and that puts a smile on my face because she knows exactly how i tick uh because i love her i love my children i love i love uh you know my life so if there's something wrong ooh, okay right okay what do i need to do and sometimes that's important okay mm-hmm. so in my job in in my as an anesthetist, you get called to trauma. You can't just listen and mm-hmm. you can't just be empathetic and maybe cry. Mm-hmm. There is no role for that. Okay. I need to be the leader. I need to kick ass mm-hmm. and I need to do what I need to do. I might not like what I have to do, but it is what it is. So therefore mm-hmm. there's a role for that. And there's a time for that time and place. And I am proud that I can be that leader. Mm-hmm. But I need, uh, the, the, for me, the hardest thing was over the last seven years to learn when to switch that leader off and when to to be actually on the receiving end, when to give myself permission to say that today is not my is not a great day. And I actually just mm-hmm. want to lie down in a fetal position and mm-hmm. just want to cuddle up in bed and please no one disturb me. Mm-hmm. That was the hardest thing. Uh, to the self-care, to, to truly learning to love myself with all the warts and all the smelly bits on my body. Okay, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is that was hard, and I think that is all part of this 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 growth that we go through, this transformation that we go through after betrayal, after after many other many other painful experiences in our life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but it's the you know trauma is the setup. For transformation. If you bothered going through the dark side, you owe it to yourself to transform. Otherwise, it's like a bad game of hot potato, you know? It's it, 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 the worst has happened already. So why not do something so powerful with it? You know, I, I, I just feel like it's an obligation. I mean, that's why we have a certification program and the, the, we have certified coaches and practitioners who teach within the PBT community. And they're so excited that they've managed to heal. It's such a natural next step to to want to help others. And, and it happens, you know, with whatever someone's biggest crisis is. I'm sure you see it. Someone goes down a health road and it's awful. And then they're worse with all the testing and, and the drugs and everything else. And they figured out through trial and error what it takes to heal. And they're so excited, they become certified in that modality or that Absolutely. person who had a Absolutely. financial crisis and and they they left their corporate job and and, and yep. the money's not coming in and when they had nothing to lose 
they start that business that they never would have started had they not lost that job. And now they're doing the work they love. So I don't know. I'm a believer in if, if uh, something bad happens, you owe it to yourself and the world to do something good with it. Absolutely. And you, and it is the most powerful way of dealing with something, recognizing that, okay, this is a thunderstorm and it will do a lot of damage, but at the same token, this thunderstorm A will pass, okay? Mm -hmm. There is a finite time that you can be in the shits and sooner or later, something will occur and hopefully it occurs because you have started to take steps one step after the other, looking after yourself, condensing your life initially to survival and doing the right things, not trying to numb yourself or do 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 weird and wonderful things to just forget. Um, and then take the, the, the little steps into the new right direction. The, mm-hmm. this, this kind of vision, this kind of, of the picture that you need to, to create of yourself. Who were you? And for that, that's often a bloody hard thing to actually look truly into the mirror and think, okay, who were you? What, where were you at when that all happened? Okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that kind yeah. of thing. And then actually to now redefine yourself. Mm-hmm. And for me, after 10, 15 years of numbing, I stopped drinking. I was an empty shell. I had no idea who I was. I was empty, empty, empty. And, and it was actually very scary. And it was very bizarre for someone who was so driven as I had been in my previous life. I mean, driven 16 hour days and then some. And to suddenly the question, who are you? Oh, I'm a doctor. Yeah, no, 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 forget the doctor. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but this was the blank canvas. This was, mm-hmm. this was where I could start actually thinking, who do I want to be? And that, get to guys, choose. exactly. Yeah. How mm-hmm. cool is that to actually go out there and think, okay, who do I want to be? And you, what I loved to hear is that you, that you said it's okay to lose friends. If you are transforming, then you move on in such a rapid way that others are left way behind you in the dust. And that's I'll show you, yeah, and I'll show you exactly how this works. I'll give you a little hand diagram. You will remember this the rest of your life. You ready? Before your experience, you and let's say that person were right here. Then you crash and burn. And then let's say you stay, say, you know what, I'm going to do the work and you start doing the work and you improve physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. But here's the thing. You don't want to outgrow this person. So you keep doing this. You like it here, but you keep doing this. You like it here, but you keep doing this. And then you're like, no, why don't they do this? Mm-hmm. Well, they're not ready or not able. So what happens eventually is, and this is why I always say after a breakup, the last thing you want to do is get into another relationship. Your job is to do this because if you do, if you meet someone new here, you do this, you get this. <laughs> they're saying like, what happened to you? And you're like, Oh, I'm not the least bit interested in you. So what you need to do is get here, get so rock solid here. Mm-hmm. This person if depending on where they're at at their journeys, they may say, I better step it up to meet the strength of this person or each do your own thing. But this can't help but show up. <laughs> you see? 
<laughs> and it is so true. That's exactly yeah. what occurred in my relationship in with mm-hmm. my wife, because I had done all that work and mm-hmm. she was left at the, at the, the cold face. Um, mm-hmm. But it, she actually grew a lot for a number of things and we are mm-hmm. now there. So That's it. Uh, uh, it can be the most beautiful thing for a relationship mm-hmm. to actually mm-hmm. go through that and to grow together. And how cool is that? How cool is that, man? It is so, therefore, it is however I look at transformation, however painful it is, however, mm-hmm. whatever the reason is, you have you're coming onto this journey. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. So so yes, you're bruised. Yes, you're battered. Yes, you're feeling awful. Congratulations. Welcome. This is where the magic starts. This is where Debbie has been. And Debbie is a woman who has obviously learned to do a, a lot of things with herself and analyze herself to start off with and then take action. And that's your 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 thirty year history in 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 what you have created in the past. But what happens when oh. you then actually take that those steps, take those those takes the willingness to take action and focus on those things that are actually important. Not not necessarily that business is not important, but you to actually look at you, analyze you as if you were a business, and throw out the bad things that are basically losing money or that are destroying your business and strengthening, bolstering, adding foundations to the new business there. And this new business is you. How cool. Well, but here's what I would say. The 30 years in business was not in this betrayal arena. It was health mindset, personal development. It was only when I had the first betrayal and then the second one with my husband. So that was uh, five years ago. So everything, the PhD, the the Trust Again book, the Unshakable Woman book, the two TEDx talks, the PBT Institute, the certifications is only in that that period of time. And, And the beauty is you take everything that serves the, the health pieces, the mindset, the personal development, you add the spirituality and the psychology, you right. add the research and, and the proof. And that's, you know, that's what's been over the last few years. And that's, you know, it's like anybody who's fueled by, by passion and, and their mission, you know, because it, it, you know, you're just along for the ride at that point. You, you just can't stop it. <laughs> and it's beautiful. And that's, that's why we are sitting here. For you, it's now about five o'clock. You should be thinking about clocking off, doing other things. No, you spend time and to share your passion with me. For me, it's early in the morning and I was very happy to wake up uh, trying to find my bearings. Where the hell am I? Oh, I'm having an interview with Debbie. Oh, and it's that kind of, yes, yes, yes. I've been working on myself here with your help. This morning, I had an hour of therapy now listening to you. And I'm internally grateful uh, for, for that. It is beautiful. So that is taking action. That is taking ownership, responsibility. That is me. Literally, that smile that you see there now, that's not fake. That's really, really me. I'm that excited. And that is the life that is waiting for you guys out there. That is the life that that you 
can achieve by actually starting to realize that you're in trouble um, and accepting that there might very well be people out there who have been where you were, but who have actually put their thinking and their feeling cap on and have figured out ways, maybe how to, to deal better with your suffering than, than you're doing right now. So Debbie, if, if people think, what the hell is this, this, this PBT Institute? I want to know more. Where can they find you? What's the story? I recommend everybody take the quiz to see to what extent they may be struggling. They could just find that at the PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Brilliant. And have a look down there, guys, into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast. You will find the link in there. Whilst you're down there, you might as well press the subscribe button because what you heard today here is absolute gold. I mean, Debbie, I'm, I'm so grateful what you, about the work that you have done, you went into this endeavor with a very scientific mind and to, you know, not many people say, okay, why don't I do a PhD in what occurred to me? Now that's that's pretty good going. <laughs> and many people who take a three or four month uh, life uh, life coaching course, and uh, that's pretty good going. That's brilliant. Um, but you, no, come on, let's do a PhD. Come on, why not? You know, uh, uh, I so had to get myself out of this at the PhD level. This was <laughs> way <you> too mean, <laughs> big. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. So, and I actually like the way your your mind ticks, and I, I very much commend you on that. And I love it the way you were, uh, whoever gave you that power and whoever is channeling this energy through you is uh, thank you to that whatever being out there uh, because you are a force to be reckoned with. You are now transforming others in a good way. You are you're helping others. And that is at a time when we bloody well need to to do as much as we can to make this this world a little bit of a better place. And yeah. you're doing that with your PBT Institute. I'm doing that with my podcast. We both do that. I was going to say, yeah, thank you, because it's people like me who, you know, if I don't get on shows with people like you, nobody knows about the PBT Institute. Exactly. So it's so powerful. Thank you high, for the work you're doing. High time that we share, high time that we collaborate, um, that we actually all come to the party and some of us uh, might still be wiping the vomit of our shoulder and and not you know being not in the best of our uh, our ways and that's okay that's okay that's where you are now and welcome to the right welcome to the the insights this is where the magic happens and if you're further down the line uh, there's always something new to learn and that is that is where I am right now. It is, I, I'm, I fear death because I am now on a journey where every day is such a gift, where I learn something new, where I learn something new about myself, where I get the, cha the chance to change myself in a little, a little bit here, uh, a little different way there. And it's gorgeous absolutely mm -hmm. gorgeous mm. so no and debbie you the same passion speaks out of your eyes so i i i can't wait to see actually where you are going so if you're at this stage now what will happen in five years time 
My plan is that the the PBT Institute is the go-to place for betrayal. I mean, I I wish I could prevent it in the first place, (laughs) but, but everybody will know when you're betrayed, don't even think about it. We have everything you need right there. And then we open up a division to help the kids because yes. when the parents are betrayed, so are the children. Mm. And we just we just help them, giving them everything they need to heal physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. That's why I'm here. I mean, that's why it happened. Oh, it's beautiful. Debbie, yeah. I'm so grateful that you came onto my show. You completely humbled me. You completely uh floored me with your eloquence and with your with your with your passion and with the energy. That is beautiful. So thank you, thank you, thank you for the work you're doing. And guys, thank so if you, so you if you want to get in touch with, with Debbie, check it down, uh, check it out down there. I think it is I always keep saying that that a month in rehab should be mandatory for every 16 or 18 year old, where we actually address our emotions, address the way we are thinking, learn about ourselves. Now, that will never happen in my lifetime that there is so much emphasis on on mental well-being in schools. So trauma will occur, damage will occur, and it is what it is. We're not an ideal world, but there's still a, not not still that is the beginning of your journey that is the rattling of your cage something has occurred you are pushed so far out out of your comfort zone and now it's time to grow now it's time to transform now it's time to become the new you the person who can kick ass and maybe one day be in our shoes give back to others and and complete the circle so to speak and that's a beautiful beautiful thing Cool. Debbie Silva, what a woman. Again, thank you so much for being on thank my show. You. And thank you guys. You so much. And you guys out there, look after yourself. Bye.